What's good, people? It's Reg. It's Stone. And we're here right now at the Vaccine Depot. We got everything you need. We got that Moderna. We got that Pfizer. Got that Momo. We got that AZ. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) You can't even get AZ in the States. You know what I'm saying? That foreign. That That foreign. foreign. (laughs) We got that foreign. You know what I'm saying? We'll be out here chilling. You know what I'm saying? VIP area. Come at us. You know what I'm saying? Special party. You know what I'm saying? We'll have DJs. It's gonna, it's gonna. If you want your fix, I feel like this is gonna be like Nino Brown and like a weird New Jack City remaking shit. And it's us, <laughs> you know, like taking over a gentrified fucking building that they couldn't fit anybody in. So we just take it all over, and then it's fucking just, just running it like a fucking drug ring for fucking vaccines. That's 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 the sequel I want to see. <laughs> I mean, look, I I feel like they need drug dealers and street level drug dealers to run the whole vaccine program. It's honestly, you know, if, if sadly enough, if you had to write supply chain individuals as chief pharmaceuticals, we would not have the issues. Fucking Europe wouldn't have the issues they're having. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think yeah. It, 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 if this was a time to kind of turn towards the underground and be like, hey, man, you know, we're, I, this economy's fucking up all her money, <laughs> they will make that shit happen. <laughs> oh, man. De Blasio, get at us. Get, 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 get. <laughs> Don't get at us. I, I mean, fucking, I, I, who could, who? You don't have your plug? I feel like I know some people. I, if, you if, you if, listen if, to enough Benny the Butcher that you should have a plug by now. Sure. That's, you got a point. You got a point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got a guy. Man. I got a guy. <laughs> Hit me up, De Blasio. I got a guy. <laughs> Oh man! But, well, uh, look, yeah, yeah. Let's start it off. I mean, honestly, we kind of rushed this podcast just because uh, we wanted to kind of get it done, just to kind of pay tribute. As everybody kind of knows, it was a little rough week or so where uh, DMX fell sick, went to the hospital. The news wasn't really good, and he finally passed over the weekend. A young fifty. Um, I it's it's. What's kind of fascinating about DMX is that at the end of the day, he's somebody where I felt like could have easily been demonized by the news media. He's somebody who was a gangster rapper, you know, a person who had, you know, legal issues, all these things. What's fascinating, though, is the fact of where they it's like it was they actually gave him respect. Like it's, it was kind of cool to see somebody like just be universally beloved, you know what I'm saying? And I feel like that's something that you don't really see nowadays a lot where despite his flaws, he was still respected. People kind of paid their respects. And I think it kind of tells you the kind of individual he is where it wasn't people out there digging up weird tweets or fucked up verses and fucking this. They were like, no, nah, he was a really good, like this dude, his, oh, I saw st- was stories about him playing with kids, getting yeah. people cracking him golden girls. Like all these stories are really good, like humanizing stories. So, you know, we kind of lost not a, not even a legend of hip hop, but it's a really good dude all around. So, you know, rest in peace. Yeah, yeah, it, it it was really sad, you know. Um, I mean, it's sad too because I I know that you know he's he's been struggling with drugs, um, and it seemed like over the past year or so, he was kind of turning his life around. You saw him doing a lot of interviews. He did the verses, like you know, he looked healthier. He looked like he was like 
like you know back on a stride and apparently that's like one of the most tenuous times um as a drug addict um to essentially you know when you're on the upswing that's like when um you know it can come crashing down um, ah. and, and unfortunately, you know, it, it, it did for him. And I think that's the saddest thing. I, I, I think he was on his way to kind of, um, like, he's always been a legend. And, but, you know, there's a, these times where he's having these, these issues with the law and issues with drug abuse. And as I, I think just like, you know, when Mac Miller, same way, like, he, I feel like they're all like, they're on their way to, like, just ascending. Um, and that's what makes it harder. Right. Um, I think he was on his way to kind of revitalizing his career and kind of, you know, getting like a like a second wind or like, you know, what do they call it? Like a, a third chapter um, uh, of life um, just because like DMX was back in the day. He was the he was a pop star. Yeah. Like, like bona fide pop star. Um you know, he's t- put out like those two albums in 1998, um, the same year. They both went platinum, like quadruple platinum or whatever. Um, white people love DMX. <laughs> Dead up. Dead you know? up. Um, but I mean, like, like you know, Google DMX uh, at Woodstock. And I'm not saying like that, you know, like you need to get the admiration of white people. I'm just saying like. Like he was a person that crossed over, but didn't have to do anything. Like he was just DMX, and like that was enough. Like he didn't have to sell out. He was never like he never kind of, you know, because you like he never had to 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 to, to sanitize like what he is to cross over. And it's 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 rare to have a hip hop artist like that. Like you know. Um, you know, cause I, even 50 Cent and Lil Wayne have like, you know, little like pop R&B tracks. Yeah, right? come on. Oh, oh yeah. Wayne was straight singing. Remember Officer? You know, yeah. singing, singing about making love to a cop. Come on, bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, but but DMX was DMX. And I, I think that, that, you know, it was like a really interesting period in music history where like, I, I feel like there's a, a few, uh, there are a few people who actually can do that. Um, plus he was a movie star. You know, he was in like like you know, uh, Belly, but he's also in um, just like um, Romeo uh, Must Die. Well, Romeo Must Die. Like yeah. you know, like like that that period for him was incredible. You know, it was incredible to kind of see um, somebody who is a quote unquote street hip hop artist become a pop star um, without ha- having to, to modify whatever. And it's just kind of crazy too because like. Um, people are posting their tributes and like DMX is like crashing weddings and shit. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, like there's this whole, I think like Questlove or somebody retweeted with like, like he was just like hanging out with these people in first class and like invited them to like, a, you know, like a after party and like took pictures with them. Like he, he, he seemed like a very genuine dude, but you know, was a street, a hardcore street rapper um and it was also able to cross over and i just feel like like there's just so rare of an opportunity for that to happen in the music industry um and he defied a lot of expectations um which is I, again i feel like that's very incredible um 
Yeah. yeah, no, it's it's something for me, like you said, I think you nailed this the idea where he crossed over on his terms. Like, it's something where if you listen to, like, there's no, and like, I think about it, where it's like, you definitely have, I'm not going to say it's the first time where you had, like, a, a rap across over that's happened in the past, but what's fascinating about DMX is that, you know, unlike a, let's say, a Jay-Z who kind of built up this boss persona, or actually did kind of have like nods towards crossing over. Like you don't really sample any without thinking that <laughs> it's not going to be a hit. Like DMX's gaze was direct. Like DMX was like the street. Whereas it's like, I am not in the boss somewhere chilling with the Colombians. Cause that was still popular around there. Like we're not flying in on private jets. Like these references were literally like, we're on the, we're on the corner right now as I am rapping. Like, like if need be, we could be on the corner, you know, we could either we could shoot a fair one or could wrap it out, but that's what we're doing. And that's kind of fascinating about DMX because you've got this person who's very focused on that. And he was still able to like fucking play crazy things like Woodstock. He was doing numbers on some like fucking, you know, like number one records of the year type shit. Like he was going platinum on some sync shit, you know what I'm saying? And it's kind of crazy to kind of watch it in hindsight where to have somebody that uncompromising as far as the art's concerned, but still be able to kind of draw such a big audience. It kind of shows you that like I, there's an earnest there, or like something that like like there's there's a. There's a real there, and I hate that term because real is such bullshit now. But you can just tell he was an earnest artist. Like, you know, he was bleeding on the page. So, you know, listening to, let's say, a DMX versus, like, let's say, a Kurt Cobain, there's parallels there. You know what I'm saying? It's the idea of where this is what I'm going through. This is what I'm going to from my perspective. This is ungartered. This is, this is just straight uncut who I am, what I'm dealing with, the pain I'm dealing with. And I think that kind of, you know, that transcends fucking demographics. And I think it's kind of cool that he was able to take that fucking, you know, again, Swiss Beats hater for forever. These little <laughs> shitty ass Swiss Beats, you know, Casio, Casio chops and shit. And fucking just make a fucking like great like discography out of it, you know what I'm saying? So you know, you know, rest in peace, man. Like, I, like it's it sucks. You're t- way too far gone. Like, a, like a, apparently, and I have a chance again. Well, I'm going to watch the Drink Champs episode, but I guess he was talking about a new album he's got, which has like Alicia Keys and Bono yeah. and all these things. So I guess we'll have new DMX music on deck. But like you said, it kind of sucks where you know he was somebody. If honestly, like it's seeing the way like a lot of people have kind of come back. I could definitely have seen like DMX out here. You oh know yeah. Saying? Like, like putting a, planting a flag and kind of coming back like hard on some shit where it's like, you know, I don't know if we want to see DMX X the baby, but I want to be surprised either. You know what I'm saying? Like he's that kind of, he was that kind of a universally beloved rapper. But like I said, at least it looks like the album's done. Hopefully it comes out, you know, the family gets the proceeds. They're able to eat off that. His kids are able to eat off that. And like I said, it's, it sucks but at the same time, as somebody who grew up in hip hop, where like hip hoppers would like you know would die and nobody gave a fuck because you know white American society saw them as just generic as black males, it's kind of cool to kind of see like an outpouring of love overall. Like I didn't really see that much hate, which is like it's just a rarity in it's an era. Oh yeah, no, <laughs> definitely, definitely. And uh, you know, I, just just to close, like you know, again, like DMX was not a saint by any means, but he was allowed to be human. Yeah. Which is like, <laughs> I don't know of any other rapper who's like kind of allowed to be human. You know, everybody kind of knows his flaws, like, might have said some things in the past. Um, but like, we're just kind of like, oh, you know, like he was allowed to kind of like be the person he is and be the flawed person he is. 
um, you know, like whatever. It was never like, you know, oh, DMX is canceled. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, and and he could have definitely been canceled. Oh, he would have definitely been canceled. But yeah, I, I, I think I, I but I think it's you know the thing about DMX is like I I I mean from people that I know who know knew of him, he he had a genuine heart. Um, and if he said some things, it wasn't because like he was, you know, trying to like troll. It's because he didn't know, yeah. um, and, and, I, which and I think is like, and people knew that difference, you know. Yeah, and and I think in his again, he was somebody who his it was very street level. So he was somebody where his lyrics weren't really about like you know, this this you know. Breaking down the prison industrial complex. His shit was literally like, I'm in jail. I'm trying to fucking survive. Like, that's yeah. the perspective he was. Yeah. So I do think that, you know, even though you probably could take out some of the lyrics and say, well, he said this, he said that, and yada, yada, yada. Like I said, it's, what's fascinating about DMX is that his gaze, where it's been very cool, you know, like like right now, I, I, I listen to a young hip-hop dude, and immediately they're like fucking draped in fucking Louie and fucking flying out. Even though we all know they're still fucking in the Migos bando trying to make it happen. It was very fascinating to have like a rap dude like on some like, this is where I am. Like, um, cause I remember it's ironic. This is, this is where I get, all right. <sighs> this is where Reggie puts on the backpack. Cause I remember <laughs> fucking, I think it was called born loser. I remember on fucking stretch and Bob. That's when he had that track and it was very self deprecating you know, very, very much not in the vein of what you usually see as boasting hip hop. Obviously, he took it to a way where you didn't really think like he was like manically depressed per se. But even then, it kind of shows you the way he was kind of tackling it wasn't like those other dudes. And like he's not like it's it's kind of fascinating in hindsight. It is really kind of just like jaw breaking, like how different he was from the mold. Like he's, this is somebody where bad boy was ruling, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It was an era where fucking, where like, you know, you came out the gate and it was very much like you were a boss. This is an era where it was all about hooks and he was coming out there with the gravelly ass voice where he just basically just fucking is just chants and growls. Like it's, it's, it's very interesting to see how much of the mold he broke and, and you can only really get that in a real artist. And so, yeah. So, you know, rest in peace, DM actually, you influence a lot of us. So, you know. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, and I and I guess on happier notes, because uh, you know it's 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 that season. Me and Stone were talking about it. You know, going going back to you know, like I was saying, people who are grounded. Me and Stone obviously aren't. As we sit here shipping our crystal in our in our palatial mansions, we heard that there's a festival happening. And we we're just like, mm, perhaps we shall goose up the jest. You know, take our SOs. You know, hop in there. You know, you know Pierce Paul style. <laughs> And fly down. <laughs> <laughs> Depressed Pierce Paul style and fly down to, to Miami to go uh to go to a festival. Yeah, so I, I just caught wind of this and I, and I feel like this is probably the first festival um that has actually put out a lineup and actually kind of put their bag on the line. And they're basically saying we're going to be in person. Not virtual, not hybrid, like completely in person. Not on uh, YouTube. Not on YouTube. Not on Minecraft. Like, <laughs> not, not on Fortnite. Fortnite. <laughs> not on Fortnite. Um, 
like like real real live like uh like people um and pardon me all right so it's called the three points festival it's in miami because they do not give a fuck down in florida (laughs) (laughs) you know uh, you know, and it's, it's really interesting too because I, I was just reading an article about Coachella, and Coachella can't get the permit from the city um, to operate, I, like in, in California. And I think there's a couple of things too where like New York City is not offering permits to like uh, operate large scale festivals. Um, so this is, I think, one of the first festivals to actually put out a lineup and start selling tickets. Um, and again, it's in Florida where they don't give a fuck. Um, but it's like the Strokes, Wu Tang Clan, K Trinata, Kerrang Ben, Three Six Mafia, Thundercat, Low Tie, uh, Virgil Abloh, uh, Yeez Tumor. Uh, you know, the lineup is Channel Trez, like the, the Moses Sumney. Like, Wait, the I, lineup. I just, why, why the fuck is Virgil fucking. This He's already got a fucking day job, you little bitch. What the fuck uh, you doing? Because. You know, you like, that's somebody else's slot. That's somebody else could have had that slot. What are we still doing this shit? We are still doing this shit. Fuck like, you. Like, Fuck you, man. Like Vir- Virgil Abloh, like, like he already has a condo in Miami. He just like pops out and like does his thing. And that's gets, fucked like, up. That's we're gonna like, have to have geez. a um, <sighs> but but anyway, like like so this is actually um, it, it's a I, I feel like it's the first the first festival that's like we're we're doing this right and i ask you reg are you ready are you ready to be among the sweaty masses the sweaty uh, molly doll masses so it's the sweaty molly doll. yes absolutely <laughs> definitely definitely molly <laughs> <sighs> it's a toughie right because as we all know we, we all you know man right now i'm like fucking i i am feeling wistful and a tear is hitting my eye just to be able to shit I mean, sit in a shitty Irish bar and have fucking Bud Light. Like, that's where I'm at now. Like, Bud Light is is giving me the feels and shit. You know what I'm saying? Freshly poured warm Bud Light (laughs) in a Jaeger shop. So, I mean, it's easy to kind of say, I'll be out there. But realistically, I don't know. I guess maybe there's something called COVID-19 variants Brazil. There's things where even if I Uchi's on something like y'all better say your bitch asses at home. So the idea that in October we'll all be comfortable, let's just say it's a it's a bold move. Let's see how that works out. Yeah, I, I will say this. I mean, look, they're already partying like like it's fucking 2019 down in Miami anyway. So I feel like we're probably the exception. Like I, I feel like there's there go ATL. <laughs> <laughs> They're partying like it's twenty Houston. <laughs> yeah, that corridor. Yeah, the, the, the red states. Red states do not give a fuck. Um, you know, it, it, I, I will say that I, I am very tempted, um, just because there are artists that I've never seen live, like Thundercat. I would love to see live. East Tumor. I would love to see live. Um, Channel Trez. Like there's there's artists Craig Ben. Like there's artists that I would love to see live and. It's a it's a weird FOMO factor. Like I know that there's going to be other festivals. I know at some point New York is going to open up, and I can like I don't have to travel to Miami to see them. But the the FOMO factor is real right now. Um, 
you know, and also too, like I saved so much money because I was going to go to shows like almost every week. I moved to Brooklyn. One of the reasons I moved to Brooklyn is because I wanted to be closer to where the venues were so I can go to shows all the time. Um, so I got some money saved to actually do this. And I'm kind of like, man, I, I that, those the Spirit Airlines flights to Miami, they're hella cheap. Hella cheap, bro. Hella cheap. <laughs> you know. <laughs> It's weird for me because this is what I'm thinking also, right? So he had we had the Fye Festival a couple of years ago that also I think it was Badu was supposed to be playing, and I remember they was supposed to have this really also had a really good lineup. But if I remember correctly, remember when they used to be when the, remember back in the festival era where there was a festival every other month and shit. Yeah, and it was all this. So I remember it was during that time there was a correction, and that was one of the earlier ones because uh, they announced this. I think it, actually funny enough, it might have been around now. So you know Coachella's about to happen. They announced this great fucking festival lineup, and they really couldn't get the ticket sales to kind of justify it. And so they mm. remember it was like grand opening, grand closing. So basically, they announced it, let's say, like five months before the festival happened. They waited about a month. The sales weren't there, and they immediately closed it. In my opinion, the lineup was great. I think it was just a, a festival glut. I think once you kind of got into summer, those ticket sales would have kind of came up. But at that time, they were like, look, we really couldn't have, you know, we're robbing Peter to pay Paul. We have all these vendors we have to pay for now. We've got all these stars that wanted down payments. We really can't kind of make it happen. But this festival, I'm wondering, is is because it, it's not even the idea of there'll be an appetite in October. My thing is, is there even an appetite now? Because they kind of need those ticket sales to kind of help pay for motherfuckers to show up there. So it's also kind of a gamble where, like, you know, Again, you know, me and Stone, Rich, beyond our wildest beliefs, you know, chilling out here in our in, in our yachts off the Hudson Pier. <laughs> you know, obviously we could throw the money down there, but I I, I wonder, like, you know, because like on vacation shit is just like cool. I, I I maybe I would might risk it, but you're you're requiring a lot of people to kind of put their money down in faith that it's going to happen, and I don't know if that that audience is there yet. I think that it's it's I applaud them from diving in first, but. Considering the way the kind of festival business is, where you kind of need those ticket sales to kind of help pay for, because you know, again, not everybody's got their money now. It's it's over the months and shit. As you get closer and closer and closer, those ticket sales kind of make that happen. Whew, it's 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 quite a gamble, I'll say. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I mean, look, if you attend this festival, you're basically a guinea pig, right? It's like we we're basically kind of trying to figure out. Like if people will pay for things being around like a hundred thousand people in the post COVID era, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, if you attend, will you get COVID? <laughs> right? Like there's all these questions I think like you're basically going to be uh, a guinea pig for because I, I think this is like very new territory. Um, you know, part of me is just kinda of thinking that I think there's there's definitely going to be this kind of like um, rush to do something once they say like it's cool, like it's it's okay to socialize with people, but I do think there's probably going to be some just PTSD around like being around people. Like if you're around a hundred thousand people and somebody coughs, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, it's like a tr- the Travis Scott mosh pit is going on. Everybody's just bouncing. All of a sudden, you hear one cough, everybody stops. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Like magical you know? chairs and shit. Exactly. So I, I, I don't know. I don't know how this is going to go. I applaud these people for like taking the risk because somebody had to go first. Like somebody had to go first. Um, and I, look, maybe this is like like 
like fire festival levels of shit because like this like part of me is just like this this lineup is kind of crazy but the other part of me is just like it's probably easy as as fuck to get um you know it's easy as fuck to get like like artists right now because they're not doing anything <laughs> so i don't know what to believe <laughs> i just you have a point imagine getting like the strokes on the fire sale where it's like we know you wanted 50 grand last year but you know this year is a little lean you'll have payments to pay so how about we decide you like half that we call even i mean and that's the thing too it's just like yeah it's like that's actually possible i mean look i i negotiated like uh like uh you know like my my rent to go down so like of course you can negotiate with the strokes <laughs> you know <laughs> why not um <laughs> but uh but yeah no it's, it's it's gonna be interesting um it's also gonna be interesting too because like if these people can do it i wonder now um because there's a another thing so i was kind of talking and saying like um if coachella is like i can't get the permit in california will coachella move to miami or texas right where they or georgia where they they red states where they don't give a fuck right Shit. um so that's what makes sense that Damn. actually might also be a possibility um Shit. so uh yeah it's gonna be interesting to kind of see what's gonna happen now um you know like how's live music going to come back? Like, we don't know. And like, are people going to have the, the appetite for live music? Like long-term we don't know. So we got to see. It's uncharted territories. Yeah, yeah but, uh, definitely. Definitely. Anyway. Um, so for our last segment, we're going to discuss new music. I guess I'll start off my little rant. Um, I guess first off, shouts out to, uh, Dad bod rap pod. Uh, I was catching up. Uh, I actually shot the gang too, actually, because the reason why I was started listening to um, one of the reasons why I started popping in there was because um, and I and it's, I'm gonna look it up now because I'm gonna forget it. But uh, hey, uh, uh, give me one second. But long story short, I was going to the podcast, so I listened to it and it had a discussion about their their top rap releases for the quarter, and that reminded me. So uh, DJ Mugs. Our friend DJ Mugs, he popped up in my feed like a month or two ago because he put out a rap album, uh, I should say a rap instrumental album, beat instrumental album, off uh, Sacred Bones, which is basically like an indie rock goth label. Oh, so word. I was like, yeah, so I was just like, that makes no sense. But again, all the sense in the world, if you kind of know what Mugs has done, you know what I'm saying? If anybody kind of has that word dark aesthetic, it's probably like him, Alchemist, like, like that's the kind of bread and butter. So uh, I checked it out. Pretty good record. And then when I listened to the podcast, they reminded me that, yo, he's had like fucking two other albums this fucking, like it was basically from a month span. He has a record out with uh, Flea Lord, who's a rapper, I believe, from the Lower East Side. And he also has a rap a, a album with Rome Streets, um, Ben Stuy kind of rep- representing. Um, out of all three projects, I probably lean more towards uh, Rome Streets. I'll tell you why. The instrumental album is really good, a little psychedelic but it's also very instrumental. I think with uh, with the production there, it's still solid, but, you know, it's like it's like mugs. I want to hear fucking Cypress Hill talking about how we're all doomed smoking weed. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> uh, the Flea Lord album is really good, although I realized that for a uh, Lower East Side rapper here, it reminds me a lot of, like, almost like the Bronx. It's very, going back to actually shit, banging back to DMX, very street level, very real shit. 
with Rome Streets, what, and I'm going to say this in a way that sounds like it's insulting, but it's not. Here reminds me of a Queens rapper, and I'll tell you what I mean. Because I feel that even though he's Brooklyn, there's a certain level of like, there's a certain level of wink swagger there that you kind of like, like, it's like, it's very, it's, it's very like, it's the pers- the perspective there is very much like, this is what I'm doing to survive. This is what's how it is. This is, this is, this is, this is how it is on the street. But there's also a sense of humor there, which I feel like sometimes Brooklyn dudes kind of don't have. If that makes any word sense, I don't know how to describe it. Like I said, the only th- but the thing is, then, then again, I'm like I'm saying this aloud, and I'm looking like Fab. Fab Fab is the kind of dude who kind of drops those bars and still has that sense of humor. Yeah. But long, but like I said, and and like I said, with Rome here, kind of reminds me, and this again, this is gonna a leap. I'm gonna get attacked for this. A little big L. Perhaps not in punchline, but definitely in vocal tone and kind of the way he kind of approaches like fucking certain bars. But yeah, no. Long story short, though, all three products are really good. All three products are really solid. And yeah, so like that, I've listened to a lot of that actually. Cast us up. Cast us up. Yeah. Uh, so for me, I have been listening to the latest Brockhampton uh, track uh, album, uh, which is like uh, Roadrunner. Was it? It's like it's like it's like oh. Roadrunner colon new light new machine. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a six studio album from Brockhampton. Um, you know, Brockhampton is this like thirteen member like uh, group that you know popped off a few years ago. Um, surprising, you say? Boy bands. So so no no they said they're trying to like. Shed the boy band label. I think like <laughs> like, they, like they, they were pigeonholed. Yeah, like like Kevin Abstract or one of the members was like, we were just like joking, ha ha ha. We're not boy band anymore. <laughs> like that was a joke, you know, blah blah blah. Like we're like street dudes, you know. <laughs> and like this album, I feel is speaking of that, like it's almost like the Christina Aguilera Dirty album, you know. Ooh. Where it's just like, you know, oh, Christina Aguilera, like Disney, you know, like whatever. And like, you know, like they put out the, or like JT Justified, right? Like they got put out an album that's like, we're older, we're mature. <laughs> <laughs> we're not a boy band anymore. I'm not that boy band personality. Like I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I have sex. I'm an old. <laughs> We're mature rappers. We're mature hip Um And I, I think, like, aesthetically, I feel like um, this album is definitely a little bit of a departure, I feel, from the previous efforts. It, it's, you know, it seems like, I wouldn't say they were a boy band, and but it just kind of seemed like they were kind of leaning into, like, being a little bit more, like, I wouldn't say, like, boy band's not the word, but it's just, like, uh, irreverent or whatever, right? And now they're kind of, um, I, I feel like they're trying, this project was definitely a little bit more of a quote unquote real rap project. Um, like the beat selection, the production, um, I, like the, the lyricism, I think they're definitely trying to um, really kind of turn that boy band tide. Um, just in the same way that Dirty was trying to, you know, um, turn the Disney princess tide. Um, 
And I think it's really interesting. Like, I still don't think I'm a fan of Brockhampton. I feel like there's just, to me, there's just too many, like, it, and it's weird too because there's like 13 people, but I think they're dominated by like three or four different voices. And I think there's yeah. too many cooks in the kitchen. Um, and it's different from a Wu-Tang where I feel like, on in Wu-Tang at least, I feel like everybody kind of brought something completely different to the table. And for me, it feels like, um, other than maybe Kevin Abstract, um, I feel like there's a lot of just, like, different members that I feel like sound the same. Um, so I've never been a huge fan of Brockhampton, but I kind of see what they're trying to do. Like, they're really trying to be kind of more of a rapidy rap group. Um, and we'll see how it works out for them. Um, you know, they're trying to shit the boy band label. And, you know, We'll see. We'll see. It's it's kind of interesting. Um, I I don't know if I want to walk away from that boy band, uh, you know, bag though. It's, it makes me laugh because I feel like that was always a tongue in cheek. So I'm very <laughs> laughing for it. They're very much like you know we were we were pigeonholed by being a bunch of boy bands. I was like, well, you guys were rappers. Everybody kind of knew it was such, it was such a, a wink when they said that. I, I'm very surprised that you know they were like, well, this was taken seriously. That said. I see a bigger point. It's if there was there was something, even though I love the saturation mixtapes, there was something that was a little bit. And I'm gonna say this in a good way. I'll say off the cuff. I was gonna say amateurist, but I'll say off the cuff about what they were doing. And I think that maybe they kind of leaned on that a little bit too much. Where it's like, hey, we're just out here in L.A. hanging out, making music, we're best friends, yada yada yada. Everything is kind of easy. So it was kind of cool to kind of see them, like you said, you know, mature and try to put a real album out, a real project, not just a whole bunch of dudes kind of just laying out random shit and fucking footy loops and like, you know, a closet studio they set up in the fucking corner of the fucking house. So, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm kind of interested to kind of hear that. I haven't had a chance to kind of check it out. Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. Um, uh, and I actually just to kind of bring it back to my thing. So I actually want to talk about one thing, which I remind me. So going back to Dad Bought a Rap Pod, what brought me there was, uh, so Air was basically his dope duo uh, on Gang's label. The producer for that duo, Jay Words, has another project with a female MC called Napanina that came out and they did an interview there. And that's what I wanted to go check out. So shouts, because that was a really dope project too. It's it's a lot of a lot of a lot of dexterity a lot of I don't know how to describe it to you. It's Jay Words production tends to lean on the I'll say and I hate it. I hate the term experimental. But let's just say the beasts tend to be very kind of not what you expect a normal MC to kind of rap over. Mm-hmm. They're almost like, let's say, like an, I, I could imagine her producing like some of your more avant-garde. Like, like if she pops on the Eve's Two More track back in the days or a lot of track, I won't be surprised. You know what I'm saying, kind of? So as a result, it's kind of interesting to kind of see somebody like Nappy Nina, who's a very nimble MC, kind of tackle those beats. So it's a great project all around. So shouts to them. So yeah, I wanted to bring that back. That's what's up. That's yeah. what's up. Cool, and, cool. Uh, and I think that's about it for us. Yeah, let's let's it's, get out of here, dude. Get out, get, hop, hop into, hop into our Rolls Royces. Yeah, it, um, yeah. Rosies, what's the what's Ro- 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 Yeah, I, like look, you know, when we're rich, like there are no words. Yeah, <laughs> there are no. We we don't speak words anymore. That's it's, for it's, peasants. I, yes, I just snap my fingers and it happens. I've got the Elon <laughs> Musk fucking head implant. I just think it and and. <laughs> <laughs> and things appear. <laughs> uh, 
as usual, we love y'all. If y'all aren't vaccinated, y'all ain't going to be out here with us on the yachts doing fabulous things, flying out to Miami, you know what I'm saying? Chilling in VIP, you know what I'm saying? That's for vaxxed only, you know what I'm saying? Mm. That's the that's 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 what's that's, that's what's hot in these streets. You know what I'm saying? Y'all y'all getting dressed up. You know, making sure that shape up is good. Making y'all sure y'all smell nice. Trying to get out there, get laid. You gonna come out there, be like, "Yo, boo, you vaxxed? They could be like, "Nah," and that's it. You're gonna drop the ball. You Yo, that's gonna be dating in 2021 is gonna be so crazy because that's like the first look. I'm not dating in 2021. I'm happily married, but that'd be the first question. Like, "Yo, you vaxxed? It's not. <laughs> It's not even like safe sex anymore. It's like there's like that gonna, one step before. <laughs> and, and it's gonna be and it's gonna be weird because you're gonna have your your vaxxers and the anti-vaxxers, and so they go look at you like depending on how you go, you're a piece of shit. You know what I'm saying? And then I can only ima- I can imagine a young Reggie like sitting down, a young woman, you know, yada yada yada. You know, I'm spitting that 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 top tier game that I'm known for, <laughs> which means I'm fumbling the bag continuously. And I get hit with that question. I've got to decide, like, am I am I gonna say, am, am I gonna approach this from a vax perspective or un unvax perspective? Mm. That's mm. the question. You know what I'm saying? Maybe I'm vax. Maybe I don't trust that she's vax. Maybe I think she might judge me because I'm vax. So now I'm gonna lie and say I'm unvaxed. But now I'm worried because you know maybe like you know I get up to go to the middle of the bathroom, middle of the night, and my vax card is out. And she's like, what is this? <laughs> you lied to me. You were vax this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I, I I don't know what I don't know what to tell you, kids. Uh, I don't know, I don't know, because yeah. like that's a deal breaker for me, right? Like I'm I'm like, you know, I'm on a date, lovely girl, we're having a great time, and suddenly she's just like, I'm not getting the vaccine. I want Bill Gates putting five G in me, <laughs> and it's just like fuck, dude. I just like wasted half a night, right? Yeah, it's you know. It's like an easy red flag, but at the same time, like I said, I, I could also imagine this scenario again. Just talking about Reggie here, who was wearing fucking, you know, like like what, what was left polo sport. I was, you know, I had no games. I could imagine me on some like, man, <laughs> I'm have to. <laughs> I feel like this is an unvaxxer. I'm have to lie here. I'm gonna have to hit her with the unvax game. I'm gonna have to get hit her with, with Bill Gates speeches. Like, <laughs> Like I ain't you know, like Bill since Windows ninety five. I hated Bill Gates. Never, never will I vax. I mean, and that's the thing too. Like, will I dumb down my sense of worth to get laid? That's like, the thing. What, if you're of age, that we all, what, we all, be like, yeah, like, like Bill Gates put the vax in me. You know, what I'm saying like, that five G. I, I do have to say, my five G signal has been tremendously better since I, I got the vax. So, oh, nice. Look at that! You know, Small positives. I mean, I'm not trying to say something, but you know, I I, I see you, Bill. I see you, Bill. It's he's he's, he's working he's working on all of us. Shouts <laughs> <laughs> to Bill Gates to God. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're joking, but definitely, guys and girls. Go out there, get that fucking vax, get yourselves ready. We want to enjoy the summer. We want to fly down to Miami. Yeah, we pull we, out we, and not catch anything. We want to enjoy y'all. We want to see enjoy. y'all. You know, we've seen people in the past. We want to like hang out and not have to worry about like you know anything. We just want to like shake your hand. So please go out and get that vax. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, you know, we always say we love y'all. Peace. Peace.